we, we again, just really want to go deep. And so that's where we find a lot of meaning and a lot of value. And so we would rather go an inch wide and a mile deep than a mile wide and an inch deep. Ben Beebs, and welcome to the OSU Cascades Career Lift Podcast, where we bring you impactful guests, industry professionals, messages, and advice on how you can begin to create the career of your dreams and succeed in your path. Join us weekly on Mondays and give your career a lift. everyone and welcome to another episode in our entrepreneurship series. I'm Megan, a senior business student at OSU Cascades, entrepreneur and your host of this podcast series. Throughout this series, we are catching up with all sorts of entrepreneurs from students to alumni and local business founders and CEOs to hear about their journeys in entrepreneurship and the rad ideas that brought them to where they are today. Today, we are joined by Kristen, co-founder of Compassion Kombucha, Compassion Kombucha is made right here in Bend, Oregon, and is sharing compassion with the world one pint and bottle of kombucha at a time. Welcome, Kristen, and thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. So I guess to get started, you started this company with your husband, Casey, correct? Yes. How? When did Compassion start? So the business started in 2018. Um we started brewing long before that. And uh, just a little bit of our backstory. Um, Casey is an engineer working at OSU Cascades. And I'm a teacher, so not the most likely duo to launch a kombucha company. Um, but back in 2010, after we'd gotten married, um, I was diagnosed with leaky gut and several autoimmune diseases. And so I had to make some major lifestyle and um, specifically diet changes in order to heal my gut because we were wanting to start a family. And I was just in such bad shape that I wasn't even absorbing nutrients well. And so that's when I first found kombucha. Um, And I was at that time having to make everything in our life from scratch. Like I was making chocolate chips from scratch. I was making, you know, sauces, everything you could imagine because I couldn't have starches, sugars or grains. And so, um, yeah, we kind of fell in love with kombucha and then I was finally able to get pregnant with our daughter and, um, I had a huge aversion to kombucha. And so Casey like was really enjoying it. So he decided he was going to take it on as his thing. And it turns out he's way better at brewing kombucha than I am. Uh, and so from there he just kept tinkering and, you know, started increasing batch size. We were just making some for ourselves. And the next thing I knew, he was taking over our laundry room and our kitchen, uh, my kitchen. And we kind of joke that like kombucha is the only thing he makes. Um, And so we kind of got to this point where I'm like, "Uh, you know, you're going to push us out of our own house here. And, And meanwhile, like we had a lot of friends and family that loved our kombucha. And they were like, you guys need to, you know, go for it. You need to launch a business. And you know, if you've been following Kombucha, uh, Bend already had three pretty established companies. And so we kind of thought, you know, this isn't that big of a town. Yes, it is growing. Um, But we finally decided in 2018 that we should not only launch a business, but also have a third child. So 2018 was a pretty wild one for us. (laughs) Yeah. So Compassion started 
So did it start more of a hobby or so it didn't start with the intention of we are going to start a kombucha business. It was just starting with the intention to make kombucha. Yes. So it was only ever for us. Um, and again, it was really the peer pressure of friends and family that were like, this is the best kombucha. Like, we believe you guys can do this. And we knew nothing. I mean, Casey has always been interested in starting a business. Um, his dad and stepdad both had businesses in Portland. His brother at the time was like a CEO of a company. And so it's like really in his blood. And he'd kind of like was looking for different ideas. And then it's just funny of like the one thing we were doing, which we never thought was going to become a business. And like now we're in it. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. So you were talking about how you're both an unlikely pair to get into entrepreneurship. And those are my, always my favorite entrepreneurship stories because I'm just a lot of, I think businesses and entrepreneurship is started from a problem that you see whether or not you go to launch a business. Uh, so I, I love that you guys just started. Yeah. Just started making kombucha and then you're, or now have a business, I guess I've had a business for a couple of years now. So yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. I know it's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, I, I love the quote that life makes sense backwards, but let you, but yet you have to live it forward. And that's really been true for us because there's like some days where we feel like, what are we doing? We're an engineer and a teacher, you know, and now I'm staying at home with our kids. And then other days we feel like we were meant for this. And like, we just have the peace to keep going forward, even though it's crazy. And so, you know, we're just, we're just riding this thing out right now. Absolutely. That's awesome. So where, where do you make it now? Are you still making it in your home? No. So in 2018, when we launched our business, we moved into Prep Kitchen, uh, which is a local commissary kitchen for a lot of startups here in town, like a lot of food carts and um, just people that don't yet have their own facility, um, but want to rent out, um, you know, kitchen space by the hour. And then you can also pay for storage, um, like cold storage or dry or frozen storage, that kind of thing. So we were in Prep Kitchen for... I want to say a little over a year and then for the past and then for the next year or the last year, I should say, we've been um, sharing a facility with another uh, startup in town. And so, yeah, it's allowed us to expand our business. Um, And then we're currently, you know, in the process of looking for a space of our own eventually so that we can really expand um, in the ways that we'd like to. Awesome. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. Um, so yeah, could you could you talk more or expand more on how I guess how you took compassion from just kombucha you made in your home to this business? Like how where did you start selling it? And I know that you um, I know that you guys are in a couple of stores and restaurants around Bend, and you are at a couple of farmers markets. But where did that start? I guess, and how did you start building those relationships with where you sell your kombucha now? Oh yeah. Great question. So, um, we, we've definitely been slow growing. Um, and I think a lot of people have asked us or maybe, um, and even customers, I think have been a little frustrated by our slow growth, but because we never set out to do this as a business, we have also been like really concerned about maintaining our family. At the end of the day, we have three small kids under seven, and we also didn't, we've watched people in business, put everything in, to the business and then it not work out. And so we just, again, at the end of the day, we, we wanted to protect our family. Um, but we're starting to learn that there's reward and risk as well. So we've taken very calculated risks. Um, but 
so that's why with the, with two, in 2018, we launched the farmer's market. We really wanted to just test our product. Like people in our life told us we had a good product, but I think it's another thing to go out and just like, even though it's a little scary to share your product with the world. So Northwest Crossing Farmer's Market uh, took us on um, in 2018. And so we started there and we, at the time we had a, um, a growler fill and kind of a bottle fill program and people would come on Saturdays and swap out their bottles. And we were selling out every weekend. And so we're like, okay. So we just had like kept slowly um, increasing production. And then at the end of the summer, right across from where our booth space was, was Ben Pizza Kitchen in Northwest Crossing. And so they had tried our kombucha and they were our first uh, restaurant to take us on. And then we had, you know, a following at that point. And a lot of people were wondering, you know, where are we going to get you when the farmer's market ends in September? So we had heard of a juice company. A friend had told us about a juice company in the Midwest that was delivering to people's doorsteps. So we thought, hey, let's do that. So me and my couple, three children at the time um, would go every Monday and we'd let our customers uh, choose you know, what flavors they wanted. And we essentially kind of like the milkman days of old, we're swapping out growlers on people's doorsteps. So we, um, that just kind of helped give us like a good base. And then we um, also just throughout the market had made some connections with different restaurants and things um, as people, a lot of people frequent that market. And so we started out just handing out samples around town and started going into um, some additional restaurants like the Brown Owl. I'm trying to think of a couple others off the top of my head. I'm not I'm blanking. But um, so, yeah, so we just kind of the, our business model was home delivery and then selling kegs wholesale to restaurants. And um, we knew kind of in the back of our mind that we should do, you know, we should do actual bottling, like 16 ounce bottles, but it took a lot of um, equipment and bottles and things like that to have. And we didn't have a lot of storage. So we, um, yeah, we continued that home delivery through that winter. And then when we got ready for the next summer, we, you know, again, um, we, we paused that did Northwest crossing again. And just, we just kept um, reaching out and we just kept finding that a lot of restaurants in town, I think Bend is amazing. And I think we've done, we've grown as well as we can because we have such a supportive community here. And there were lots of businesses that just were so great about reaching out and, and saying, how can we help you? I mean, even Jamie Danik from Hum had us in, I mean, it was really, um, really encouraging. And so you know, kind of fast forward to, to 2020, um, uh, we, what we experienced, you know, our rest, our, or excuse me, our kombucha, we had kind of paused our delivery service because we had started going into so many restaurants. I think before COVID hit, we were in about 15 restaurants in Bend. And, um, but then when COVID hit, you know, and everything froze, like all that, all that activity was gone. And so we had a walk-in fridge full of kombucha and kind of nowhere to go. So at that point we tapped back into our delivery people and just kind of put it out on Instagram that we, you know, want to keep our business afloat. We would love to pay our employees and our rent because we have three part-time gals working for us. And 25 people joined on and paid almost like a a CSA subscription. 
So they paid for growlers up front and it literally kept us going until um, the restaurants opened back up for takeout. And then um, we went from there. But in the meantime, when things were really quiet, we actually got into contact with a company in Colorado going out of business. And so um, thankfully, it wasn't a really terrible story of where, you know, the family was losing everything. This guy also had a day job and just decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. So we bought his bottling line and we bought a bunch of equipment from him. And then we've also just been stockpiling a lot of equipment from people going out of business. So we're really ready to take the business to the next level. Um, we're just kind of at the the point of like finding the right space to do that. Um, and so, yeah, so I think as hard as COVID mm-hmm. has been, um, it's also like really forced us to just kind of like step out in faith a little bit. And, um, and so getting the bottles, getting the labels, getting everything ready, And then, um, yeah, we really, um, launched those about a month ago and we're just adding new accounts daily, which is really exciting. Oh, that's so awesome. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask about how COVID has affected you, affected you guys and how you've kind of pivoted because it's been, um, it's been really interesting. I think for a lot of businesses, it's been really tough, but I think, you know, it's kind of forced a lot of people to really maybe either go back to the drawing board or find a new, um, approach to their business, which may be in the long run for, I mean, obviously you're saying some businesses went out of business, which is hard to see, but maybe in the long run, it might help to make compassion stronger maybe, or able to grow. So I, I mean, it sounds like you're taking on new accounts. So that's really awesome. Yeah. When you first started compassion, how did you figure out how to create the brand? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So actually let me, let me piggyback on that and say, how did you first create the brand? And then um, if you could just talk, Maybe just a little bit more on what Compassion's maybe mission is or just what Compassion is all about. Because I know that you, um, I know that Compassion wants to give back as well. And then, um, yeah, if you could just talk more about that. Yeah. So something to know, if we can just be totally transparent, um, something to know about my husband, Casey, is that he is a super generous person. And so when we um, were pregnant with our first, we made the decision that um, I was going to stay home. And so going down to one income, it's like, well, things are tight. You can't just give money away to everyone, you know. Um, but we kind of thought in the back of our mind, like, how um, could we create something that could give back? And we were introduced to this awesome pizza company uh, through a connection in Arkansas that we went and visited where they were giving a meal for every meal purchased. And so we kind of got to see that idea. Um, And so that's, and our family motto has always been do for one, that which you could do for everyone, because it is really overwhelming. Um, I've spent time, um, well, I guess both of us have spent time in impoverished countries. I spent a significant amount of time in Kenya. He was in the Amazon jungle. Um, I was a high school teacher before, and all the schools I've worked in are impoverished schools. Um, Half my time was spent at the alternative school here in Bend. Um, And so just seeing like such huge needs um, on a daily basis can be really overwhelming. And so when we heard that motto, um, when we first got married, it's like we really were just trying to live that out by like taking on, you know, if you knew one person and, you know, and you know, a lot of people in need, it's like, how can we find one person and go really deep with them? 
Um, and so, yeah, so we just thought like, well, great, if we could find a business model that would work for us, then we might be able to do for a hundred, you know, what we wish we could do for everyone or just that many more people. Um, so that's kind of always been the heart. And then when we started Compassion, which I literally remember just driving one day, we were like trying to figure out the name of our company and like literally Compassion. I can like visualize where I was like driving through a roundabout and, um, and we kind of thought about naming it with a K just because we thought that might look neat. But somebody had advised us, you know, not to name a company with an alternative spelling because it might just be difficult to um, for people to look up and that kind of thing. So I'm glad in the end that we did go with the C um, because I think compassion, um, you know, our goal has really been in this business to elevate people and the planet and so I think compassion can just be so wide reaching, which is really cool. Um, you know, again, looking back, it all makes sense. Um, but at the time, it was just like, oh, the name sounds good. Um, and so when we started the business and like thinking about the the giving model, the first year, you know, we were thinking about, oh, it's like, is our giving model going to be we're going to give so much of a percentage of every sale, you know, trying to figure out like that also just like resonated deep and like felt real. Cause that's the biggest thing for us is like, we um, really value authenticity. We don't want to just say something for the sake of saying it. And so for a while there, it just like, there wasn't like a model coming together for us. And I was feeling like our name's compassion. Like, like, what are we doing with that? You know, and it was really bothering me. And then we actually got to go listen to some business speakers and kind of get away in September. And the thing we both kind of walked away from individually is that compassion for us is really about like our people. Um, and I, or I think it needs to start there. And so through this pandemic, like I said, we do have three part-time gals working for us. And we wanted to make sure that like during this time, we've kind of paused any outside giving because we really want to take care of our people. And we're so thankful to have been able to um, keep all of them on and to be investing in them as people. We've really like brought them into our family. And so we feel like if it starts there, then that's going to spread. And so we still want a, a piece of compassion to be giving. And I'm hoping once we step out of kind of the craziness that's 2020, that that will just organically form of, of how that's going to look. And um, and then the other piece that we're very excited about is um, working with the, um, the Bend. Oh my gosh, let me get the right. I think it's the Bend. Um, sorry, she's a youth transition specialist. So working with Bend High, um, this gal, uh, we're going to be taking on some of their students that are trying to get job training. Um, while they're in high school and the students are on some type of individualized education plan. So they're anywhere from like autistic nonverbal to students that are going to college. But the, the goal of this program is to get them in the community, to get them work experience that, especially for those that are not going to college, that they've got something to build a resume on, that they can leave high school and get experience. So we're excited to be working with them. We're bringing on several students to help us with our bottling. Um, and just to hopefully, uh, my husband is very much, he's done a lot of mentoring um, in his like private engineering world. And then now he's working in the public world with a lot of students at OSU Cascade. So he's very good at that. Um, 
And then my background of working with high schoolers, it's just like kind of coming around full circle. So we're putting a lot of investment in that right now. Um, and then, yeah, we're kind of excited to see like eventually where um, compassion's like how that giving um, will grow. Yeah. I love hearing your story because it really, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, what your path is or anything, but just like, you know, from your experience, like you were saying, Ken, Kenya and other, other countries where you maybe see a lot of poverty and then, yeah, you're both of your experiences with students and now in like kind of taking all of that into compassion kind of seems like it's like in on maybe the unlikely path, but that it's still all coming together for you. So that's really cool. That's really cool to hear. And I, I love how people just kind of take their, their passions into, into business and what they're doing. So yeah. It's awesome. And it's nice to know um, too that like you don't have to give like I used to say like oh teaching was my old life and it's like I still like love that age group and and um yeah and I still have a heart for teaching and so it's just cool that it's just going to be incorporated in, in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I mean I also do want to say I think it it is pretty profound to think about what's that quote you said is it said do for one, what you want to do for what all. What you wish you could do for everyone. For all. Yeah, because sometimes it can be a little daunting, I think, to be like, oh, how can I change the world? When really sometimes, you know, you can just change one person's world, you know? And I'm a big believer, and I'm sure you are, maybe you are as well, in just the fact that, yeah, it spreads, you know? You start somewhere, and, like, that spreads. And even just, like, by people, I think, drinking kombucha with the word compassion on it. They're like, oh, like, me are reminded by, like, oh, maybe compassion is something I need to foster more today or something mm-hmm. like that. I love that. No, it's great. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think if I can just talk about one other piece that's been interesting. Um, So when we were first starting our business, um, we didn't have a great tea source. We were just kind of like buying random tea. We know nothing about tea, but um, Lisa Mills from um, Elephant. Oh, from uh, she does certified elephant friendly tea. So she's out of um, the University of Montana, and um, she she's partnering with local farmers in India who have committed to um, allowing elephants to freely roam in their tea plantations. Because believe it or not, like from from her presentation, what I understand, like tea does not need pesticides, but it's just it's been very common to use a lot of chemicals in some of these tea growing regions. And then also just trying to uh, using a lot of fencing to keep elephants out. And so when they do that, it creates a lot of human elephant conflict when elephants have to go in paths that they wouldn't otherwise take. And so we um, she came and did a presentation at OSU Cascades and then we got to go here at the Environmental Center and uh, we decided to partner up with her. And like our kombucha would not be what it is without that tea. It is amazing. And it is so amazing to see what um, that certification is doing in these communities and how um, it's improving the lives of people in this community. It's protecting elephants, which is a keystone species. Um, So that in turn protects other species that are endangered. Um, And so, yeah, that's just another thing. I think that's just kind of a way we've been able to elevate um, the planet is by um, using this tea that not only tastes amazing, but it's just doing such amazing things in that community, which is exciting. And again, it just fell, I mean, it just fell into our laps. So we're excited. We are the only elephant-friendly certified kombucha in the world, actually. So that's a little fun fact about us. <laughs> that's amazing to hear. 
In your journey with compassion, what have you really enjoyed about the whole process and what have made, what is, has maybe brought you a lot of joy, which maybe you've touched on a few things already, but yeah, if you want to allude to more to that and then what maybe has been a difficulty or an unexpected challenge, I guess, in, in starting. Yes. Good questions. Um, I think the biggest joy is the connections that we have with people and all the people that we would, we have met that we would have not otherwise met, um, through having a business. So, I mean, just again, like all these business owners that we get to connect with. And then, um, I personally am, well, Casey is too, but being involved at the farmer's markets and just getting to meet so many people that love our product. And it really is, um, I mean, I've kind of done like two other little sales um, jobs, you know, in my lifetime, kind of in between teaching and things. And it's just like to have a product that like we're really committed to and we're really proud of how we produce our kombucha. Um, Just the fact that we're still staying committed to flavoring with whole fruit um, and then this awesome tea and things like that, that there's like nothing in it that like, you know, we don't feel like we've compromised our values. And so we just like to continually get good feedback. And I, I posted this thing on Instagram the other day of just like, but so much of it is bent. I mean, you know, you kind of get to this place where you're like, are we going to move forward? And then you get this like, great, you know, somebody gives you this great compliment or a business takes us on. And it's like, it sounds corny, but it's like really the whip and the wind beneath our wings. Like anytime, um, it's like interbet Midler, but, um, you know, anytime we're just like, oh, do we keep going? And then we get something and we're like, okay, we're going to keep going. And so people have just been the best cheerleaders. They've given us so much patience, so much grace when things, uh, lids don't work or whatever it might be. People have just been so forgiving that it's like given us so much confidence to just keep going. And I think that that has been just amazing, an amazing experience. Yeah, that'd be really rewarding. And just the opportunity that it gives you to kind of get out into the community and make those connections yes. as well. And then too, just like, it's amazing. Awesome. Um, I guess working way outside of like what I thought was my wheelhouse. Um, because it's like, like mm-hmm. I said, like I've been a teacher and yeah, you have to wear a lot of hats as a teacher. Um, and then I've stayed at home with our kids for the last six years. But like to work on branding with somebody or to work on like marketing or reaching out. Um, it's just like really stretched me and opened up new avenues of maybe some, I never have thought of myself as a creative person and I'm not like artistic or anything, but it's kind of fun to, to realize, like, I think sometimes when you get stretched, you, you know, realize that there's things in you that you didn't even know were there. And I think that's something we've also enjoyed about doing this is just like learning about ourselves even more. Um, Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been a great teacher, I would say too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love, yeah, it's always fun to to expand your, your building, not of what you think is possible, but just have these new experiences where you're like, oh, I can totally do that. And I can imagine it would give you a lot of just, I don't know, confidence in the ability, the ability to kind of carve your own path yeah. <laughs> in that way, I suppose. And then what was, what, what has been maybe, has there been anything that's been an unexpected difficulty? Maybe besides COVID-19, but I think I expected you for, for us all. Oh, I know. Who could have ever imagined that this was going to be 2020? Um, yeah. I think for us, like the big challenge is, is, you know, I started this company with my husband and we're really different 
in how we do things, you know, like he's perfectly fine, like rolling up late to something. And like, I'm the type that's like, I'll get up two hours early to have all my ducks in a row. And so for the two of us to have to really work together and figure out what his strengths are, what my strengths are, and then find our gaps and then fill those gaps with people that have different strengths than us. Um, because there's some things that like, like, for example, I just can't handle rejection. And um, we thankfully haven't experienced like any major rejection. But like, we brought this gal onto our team who not only can do everything, but she's just so great at connecting with local businesses. And we'll continue to talk to them and build relationships because our business, I feel like has been built off relationship, like people have gotten to know us. And they enjoy the product. So I think that that's why they've been willing to partner with us. And so she's jumped in and filled in some gaps for us. So it's like, I think for us, just like recognizing I'm the type of person that tries to do it all and I can't. And like, at the end of the day, we also have our family, I'm homeschooling, you know, those kinds of things. And so being okay with the fact that I can't do certain things in the business and finding the right times to outsource and um, bringing in the right people. And um, so I think, yeah, so I think that's been a challenge. And then also it's just been really challenging. Casey still works a day job. So we do this nights and weekends and um, we just don't have a lot of time for hobbies and you live in a place where people have lots of hobbies. And so we see it as a season Um, you know, we're trying to decide kind of projecting compassion kombucha to the future. Like would that change for us, um, of doing this more full time? Um, but in the beginning, like we didn't want to go into a lot of debt. And so we've really had to just like bootstrap this thing and just make it work. And so it does get difficult when my kids are like, I haven't seen dad for the last three nights, you know? And so, um, but it's getting better and we're getting better about planning our time and getting more efficient and getting better equipment. So all of that, you know, we started off in like five gallon pots and now we're moving to larger pots and like getting more efficient and getting better. So I already said getting better equipment, but, um, so I think just like working through all of that, that like, this is our hobby, also our business, but like, how do we move it into a full business? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's always the big thing when you're, when you're an entrepreneurship and starting your own business takes a lot of dedication. And I, you know, I can't even imagine I'm trying trying to start my own business and I can't even imagine also having a family at the same time. So that's a lot, that's a lot to handle, but it's cool to hear too, that you're, you know, you've trying to be intentional about, okay, like maybe we can do this, but slowly, and maybe we can do this, but not going to, you know, completely into debt. I think like sometimes in entrepreneurship, it can be like, we have to do it really quick and really fast. And I, you know, and sometimes you don't need to do that. And sometimes you just can't. (laughs) So it's your different experiences and and how you're growing and just how you're growing compassion as well. Yeah. And I think for me personally, it's like, I don't even necessarily see it as competition, but like looking at the other companies, it's like everybody's kind of taking their own path. And so for us, it's just been about like, okay, what can we do? you know, where do we feel like our lane is? Cause it's like, there's a lot of room for so many different layers of, of companies in terms of like, you've got national brands and you've got regional brands and you've got local brands. And so, um, yeah. So for us right now, it's like, you know, we haven't even spread all throughout Bend. We're working on that, 
But then um, just trying to figure out like where our lane is and not comparing ourselves to any other company because we all have different values and we all make our products differently. And I think because there's such a, I mean, they're saying only 15% of Americans have tried kombucha, which that seems shocking in Bend. and Bend, it feels like 99% because it's like on tap in 7-Eleven. But when you look at the market trend, it's like, it's such a growing category um, and people like their kombucha a lot of different ways. And so we're fulfilling a niche of people, um, you know, that, and then there's other people that may not like our product, but like one of the other companies, cause they do theirs a little different. So that's like, at the end of the day, that's what we have to keep coming back to is like, we're on our own path and yes, we're not on the fast growing path. Maybe down the road we will be, but in the beginning, we're just, you know, taking it a step at a time. So sweet. Well, I guess um, the last question I have for you is off the top of your head, what is the most important thing that compassion has taught you? I guess that could be compassion kombucha or, or, or you could also answer just what's the most important thing you've learned in your life. Mm. Ooh, let's see. It's interesting. I recently heard that compassion is putting legs on empathy. So empathy is kind of that feeling we get where we want to do something or something bothers us in the world. Um, And so compassion is putting legs on that, like putting that into action. And so I think personally, it's been challenging for me, again, going back to this, like you can get very overwhelmed by just the amount of need. Um, and you can see what other people are doing to meet a need. And maybe you can do that, or maybe that doesn't feel right for you. And you don't want to just, you know, just give a little bit here just because other people are giving, um, for us. And if I could give another quote, um, we, we, again, just really want to go deep. And so that's where we find a lot of meaning and a lot of value. And so we would rather go an inch wide and a mile deep than a mile wide and an inch deep. And so I think just in this past year of just learning, like, why are we doing this business? I mean, I think we really had to ask ourselves, like, why are we giving up our nights and our weekends? And it just keeps coming back to the people, the people in our business, the people that we're serving through our kombucha. And just like, how do we give the people around us like our very best so that they can give their very best? And, um, you know, we love the people that are working for us. We just like see such big things for them. We want to continue to develop them. So whether they're working for us and working for other companies, like they're such an asset and just like, we get to hear so many conversations from our customers and like, we just want to build into them. Um, I just feel like we're in such a divided time right now that, um, I just want to keep being teachable myself. And I love people that are teachable because if not, you just get defensive about this little world that you're creating around yourself. And in some ways you just become stupid. I mean, I don't know how else to say that, but you, you don't learn from other people. And so I think, um, yeah, just continue to be open of like how we can learn from others that are around us right now and how can we can invest what we're learning and those, again, that are in our community um, has just been so powerful. And I think as tough as COVID has been, and in some ways we feel like we've been driven inward, it's also really challenging us of how we're going to continue to look outward. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I am. It's been quite the journey. Yeah, I love that. That's been a common theme actually in my life lately too, is, is trying to figure out how to learn from other people and 
think that's a cornerstone of compassion too, is that, you know, sometimes people with opposite opinions of you, maybe, you know, instead of being like, oh, you're wrong, you know, trying to learn from them why people believe what they do. And yeah, anyway, that's kind of another, another, you know, topic, but still, you know, just trying to learn from people who even you think are different from you because maybe they're not really so much. And that's maybe the cornerstone of compassion. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is so true. Absolutely. So, okay. Well, I guess the very last thing is how can students follow compassion and find compassion? Mm. So (laughs) I am working on our, I'm not a great Instagrammer, but um, yeah, so we have our Instagram page and also on Facebook, we're Compassion Kombucha. Um, And then on our website, which is drinkcompassion.com, we have a list of places where we're both on tap and in bottles. Um, so yeah, so we're really thankful. Um, yeah, like I said, our 16 ounce bottles are spreading. So just like within the last two weeks, we've gone into Chipotle. We, our bottles, um, are in Lone Pine Coffee, um, Jackson's Corner, uh, El Sancho. So a lot of places and we're really working on spreading that. And then, um, yeah, we've got a lot of places on tap to Jackson's Corner, Spoken Moto, um, Life and Time. So yeah, definitely check that spot out. And we're currently, we're really excited. We're working with a West Side business and an East Side business. We'll announce this as soon as we get the details, but we're really working um, at creating a bottle swap station or a bottle filling station so that we can take the bottles and we wash them and reuse them. And so we're just trying to kind of negotiate and work those details out because we have a lot of farmers market people that want to continue to reuse their bottles. And so, um, yeah, so people were sad when farmers markets were ending. And so if we can kind of bring that back year round on both sides of Bend, I think that would be a really amazing step in just making compassion more accessible because right now it's difficult to get it in like a larger size. It's a lot of like pint glass or a bottle and we want more people to be able to take it home and share it. So that would be amazing if that works out. Um, but yeah. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm craving something now too. I'm to I wish I could pass it. I, I, had one, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know seriously. I'm like, Oh, that's how the kombucha sounds so good right now. And I had, yeah, I had, I forgot what flavor it was, but I had it last year at uh, the Central Oregon Fill Your Pantry. And it was amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know that event was awesome. Yeah, yep, it sure was. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll be able to have it again one of these years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I guess, yeah. Thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us and for um, talking about compassion. There's a lot of great life lessons in this, in um, just discussing compassion. And I'm really excited to see, to see where you guys, where you guys go and how compassion grows. So thank you. Well, thanks for, yeah. Thanks for putting us on and for having me today. It's been really fun to chat with you. That's all for this episode, Ben Beebs. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Career Lift Podcast.